How far down the ranks does Kenneth Walker fall after the NFL draft? We're talking all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? Things are good, man. How are you? Yeah, things are good here as well. Still uh, still kind of breathing in the NFL draft and all the impacts that it has on dynasty players we've talked about some rookie winners and losers this week we talked about some veteran winners yesterday and today we're talking about the veteran losers aka kenneth walker and the rest so still uh do you have any any rookie drafts going yet matt no not yet i think they're right around the corner though starting to gear up and get the roster in shape and all that make some cuts that type of thing how about you uh, I've got one rookie auction going, uh, which is, is always fun. Um, no, no actual rookie drafts yet. I've been doing a lot of mocks that still, still like doing the mocks even after we've got the, uh, NFL draft information, but yeah, I actually have not had a, a real rookie draft yet. It feels, feels a little strange, but, uh, yeah, the rookie auctions are definitely fun. So I have to stop you there because I've never done a fantasy auction of any sort, believe it or oh. not. You're missing out. I bet. I know. And, and I'm sure I'm shocked. We haven't had this conversation yet. So in a rookie draft dynasty auction, does everybody start with the same amount of money or stuff to spend or do the bad teams get an advantage? Yeah. In in, in my league setup, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the bad teams get an advantage. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a tiered scale and, um, essentially if you earn the one Oh one, if you're the last place team in the league, mm-hmm. uh, you get a set amount of money. Uh, and then that, that scales down all the way to the one twelve, and, uh, it continues for three rounds like that. So, okay, that makes sense. um, you know, let's say if, if you didn't trade, you would, and you were last in the league, you'd have the one Oh one, the two Oh one and the three Oh one. And then what we do in my league is take those three different amounts of money, pull them together. And now you have, you know, you have X amount, you have $500, let's say, mm-hmm. to spend on rookies. And I mean, that doesn't always mean uh, that you're going, you're going to get Bijan Robinson. You know, if you, if you have the one one in a draft, you know, you're getting Bijan or whoever you want in a specific draft. Uh, but auctions are a little bit different because sure. teams can trade for money. If one team trades for, let's say a, a, a whole bunch of second or third round picks that money stacks and, and maybe it over overtakes your one one So uh, definitely a different way to attack it. This is also a Devi league that I'm in. So Bijan and some of those big names are already gone. We're battling it out for guys like Zay Jones and, and Dalton or Zay, uh, excuse me, Zay flowers, flowers and Dalton Kincaid. Some of the, uh, the players that were not necessarily on the, uh, on the Devi radar a year ago. So wow, it's big yeah. time. I like it. Yeah, very, very fun. But uh we'll it sounds like we'll both be uh getting in some rookie drafts very soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 
Matt, let's move over to a, a more negative conversation. We're going to talk about veteran losers. These are players that have lost some value, or at least we think they will lose value as a result of the NFL draft. We've already mentioned the name a couple of times, so let's get right to Kenneth Walker. Pre-draft, Kenneth Walker was the RB5, uh, according to DLF Dynasty ADP. I'm really anxious to check out this May post-draft ADP to see how far he falls, but um, I, I do expect him to fall. Obviously, Seattle drafts Zach Charbonnet in the second round. We called him a rookie loser uh, on the show a couple days ago. And, and the more we hear from K- Pete Carroll, the more I think about this situation, I'm thinking that Kenneth Walker might be the bigger loser out of the group when you talk about a value loser um, rather than Zach Charbonnet. Pete Carroll did say, I believe just yesterday, maybe that was Tuesday, um, that the two, Walker and Charbonnet, would battle it out for the lead role. So, you know, a a lot of times you hear the the coaching staff kind of defer to the veteran, even in this case, if it's just a one-year veteran, uh, and, and maybe say something like the rookie has to come in and earn his role. That's not what we heard from Pete Carroll. I don't know what to make of this in terms of value. <laughs> I mean, it's messy, 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 because I really like both players. I greatly prefer Walker. Well, I, I prefer Walker just in terms of play style. My hunch is they're just going to really have a fresh guy all the time. And I would yeah. think Charbonnet is going to be certainly the better receiving option. So is that enough for them to be equal? I mean, that seems crazy. Well, I mean, we know we we know from Pete Carroll's history as a coach that he's not afraid to go against the grain. Uh-huh. You know, he doesn't care about what the expectations are. I mean, even think back over ten years now to the Matt Flynn Russell Wilson situation. Uh, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they had signed Matt Flynn to a, a big contract, and um, on thirty-one other teams, that would probably mean he was the starter no matter what happened. And and Russell Wilson came in and earned that job and and Flynn was a was a backup despite that big that big payday. So I don't think we can assume because Kenneth Walker played so well as a rookie that he's he's the incumbent or he's the um he's going to be the starter. It it really is. I, I think it really is just like Pete Carroll says, they're going to battle it out and um the the one the the player who earns it is going to be the one that sees the majority of the time and this is just going to be a situation we have to monitor uh, really throughout the off season. Yeah, it, it's ugly. I mean, and I don't know that now's the time to dump your Kenneth Walker stock either because you're no, you're no. really selling low. I think that's a, a mistake. Um, I, I didn't have any indication Walker was in the doghouse. I mean, maybe right. there's a little bit of concern about him staying on the field, but I think they also know who Geno Smith is and realize the running game has to be the foundation of their offense. When we talked about Zach Charbonnet on our rookie loser episode, we tried to identify how far down the rankings of the ADP he might fall. Let's do the same with Kenneth Walker here. I I mentioned he was the RB5 in our pre-draft ADP. That's Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and Brees Hall ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saquon Barkley is directly behind him. Would you rather have Barkley or Kenneth Walker right now? I guess Barkley, but boy, there's a big, seems like a big age gap. I don't know their exact ages off the top of my head, but that seems I mean, a lot of difference of years of experience there. Yeah, a significant age gap, almost four years uh, between mm. Walker and Barkley. Travis Etienne is next. Um, 
you know, I guess I, guess I wouldn't. Should he be on this list? Him, uh, that's what I was going to say. I, I, <laughs> I would not call him a veteran loser, but we did have uh, the Jaguars adding a running back in Tank Bigsby. Um, that we, we spoke about him earlier in the week as well. So yeah. I definitely wouldn't consider him a riser post-draft. Austin Eckler, Jameer Gibbs, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris. Those guys follow Kenneth Walker in the ranks. You know, I would I mean, rather have Gibbs or Stevenson than Walker. Okay, that's fair. Um, we, I, I can't go Najee or Eckler, though. We didn't talk much about Gibbs. I think it, there's some debate about uh, how good this landing spot is in Detroit, and that probably changed post DeAndre Swift trade. So let's let's get into him. He's he's not a veteran loser by any means, uh, or or a loser at all. But what do you think about, about this Gibbs landing spot? Is is David Montgomery a veteran loser? Mm, I mean, he didn't. He had that. He had nowhere to go but up. Really. I mean. I think Montgomery's still going to get more carries than, well, man. I, I think Montgomery and Gibbs will get an equal amount of carries just because they're such different styles. Right. The makeup of that team, the physicality. I think Montgomery will have a big role. But Montgomery's an underrated receiver, and that probably just gets washed away. And looking even deeper on this ADP list, there's not that many players that uh, that I can find to push ahead of Kenneth Walker, even with these question yeah. marks that this draft pick has brought. I, I think I'm with you, Gibbs. Uh, I, I would probably move ahead of him. Um, I like Stevenson certainly, better. Yeah, I think Stevenson's fair. Uh, Eckler, Jacobs, Barkley kind of comes down to, do you have that win now team? Right. Where are you on Walker versus ATN? Because <sighs> I think Tank I think hurts it, ATN, but I'm not sure I'm ready to put him on the veteran loser list, but it doesn't help his cause. I think I'd rather have Travis Etienne right now. Okay. I think that's fair. I think I would too. Yeah. Charbonnet is so, a, a real obstacle here. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Walker doesn't far as fall, fall as far, excuse me, as, uh, as maybe we first expected just because there's not that much competition. All right, Matt, let's continue here. Um, We're talking more veteran losers. We've got some other guys to talk about, and we'll do that right after this. So if you're looking for a delicious snack and don't want all the sugar and calories, and who wouldn't want that, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You got to try it. My son goes through them like crazy. Uh, If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got the thing for you. Built bars and built puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't think they're good for you. You got to try it. Um, But what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. It's not that waxy fake stuff. It's real dark chocolate. Um, They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, all kinds of crazy ones. And they're delicious. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining fantastic macros. That's And what's even better is they're healthy. They're only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been taking orders, you know, at BuiltBars.com or Built.com, I apologize. And now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. But you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. So head to your, head to your nearest Walmart 
Walk to the pharmacy, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. Or if you're a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff or choro puff. You can thank me later. Matt, let's talk about some other veteran losers. Kenneth Walker was the obvious one. Who else comes to mind when you think about a, a player who might have lost dynasty value following the NFL draft? I mean, we have to talk about Rashad Penny Swift situation, right? Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I think it was pie in the sky to think, boy, I have Penny on the cheap and no one he's not going to get any competition whatsoever. But I think Swift immediately goes past him. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, Penny was kind of interesting because obviously if you had him on your roster, that felt like a home run for him to land. Right, right, right. Struck gold. Right, in that that Eagles offense and potentially, at least for a while, looked like he could be the lead guy. And now he's got a ton of competition, but his value didn't jump that much. Even in our uh, pre-draft ADP following free agency and following that landing spot, he was still just the... Uh, RB 45. So, you know, uh, would have been a nice value, but he was, he was kind of in between um, a, a buy low and a, uh, a sell high actually, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you would, if you had him, maybe you think I'm going to capitalize, but the ADP didn't jump. The trade value didn't jump uh, necessarily. So it was, he was just a nice guy to have on your roster there for a few weeks. And, and now there are certainly question marks uh, following the, the acquisition of DeAndre Swift. But, I mean, the reality is Swift hasn't been able to stay on the field either. So No, right, right. I mean, if we see this, if we see this uh, push Penny's value back down and uh, his ADP or his trade value drops even further, I'm, I'm willing to take advantage of that and, and uh, try to get him on my roster on the cheap for sure. I'd love to have both yeah, because I think both could be startable flex RB2, you know, in week one. And I think someone will get hurt. I mean, these two have a really bad track record of that, not to mention their running backs, period. So I'd love to, in a handcuff type of situation, I think this would be pretty high on my list. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Let's talk about Rashad Bateman. Um, You know, Hmm. Baltimore, uh, Baltimore had brought in Odell Beckham, um, a couple weeks prior to the NFL draft. So you, you add Beckham to that group. Obviously Mark Andrews is still there and, and now Baltimore uses their, the Ravens use their first round pick on Zay flowers. And I mean, Bateman in his career in his short career just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And we give this guy some credit as, as a dynasty asset because he's a former first round pick. And uh, you know, for a while it looked like he would be, the top option or at least the top wide receiver option in Baltimore. And this team just keeps adding, uh, adding weapons, which is great news for Odell Beckham. I, I like the landing spot for Zay flowers. I like the landing spot for Beckham. I don't think it's good news for Rashad Bateman though. No. And however, I think that their passing pie is going to be bigger than at any point in Lamar's career. You know I mean? I, I think Todd Munkin coming in there, raises the pass attempts without question, particularly to wide receivers, hopefully to running backs as well. But I think one thing that does worry me about Bateman, in in addition to what you said, is Lamar absolutely has been at his best throwing 
between the numbers. Now, I'm not saying he can't be a good outside-the-number thrower, but I would think Bateman has the least chance of manning the slot of those three. Yeah, you, I mean, you look at that depth chart, and I think you make a good point. Even even if the pie piece of pie is smaller, the 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 whole pie is larger. So I, I, I yeah, do yeah. think that's that's worth uh, factoring in here for sure. But uh, I think it's very reasonable that uh, that Bateman is the fourth option on this offense behind Beckham, yeah. behind Flowers, and obviously behind Mark Andrews. Bateman is currently the wide receiver thirty eight. Uh, again, that's pre-draft ADP. You look at guys, some veterans, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, DeAndre Hopkins are the four players directly behind him. Obviously, all of those guys much older than Bateman, who's still just just 23 years old. Uh, but if I mean, if you're if you're not producing, if you're not staying healthy, it doesn't really matter how young you are. Uh, Josh mm-hmm. Downs. Cortland Sutton, Juju Lockett, Elijah Moore, some other guys behind him. So I do think we could see Bateman fall in our upcoming ADP and in upcoming dynasty startup drafts. Yeah. I won't fight Matt, on that. Do you have another name? Anybody else who stands out as a veteran loser? Earlier in the week, you brought up Roshan Johnson, who I'm also mm-hmm. very fond of. I expect yeah. him to have a better college than pro career, but I really liked Herbert. But Foreman's in the mix, too, and they're all pretty similar. Yeah, I think we probably have to start looking at, at Khalil Herbert as a, as a veteran loser as well. Again, throwing, throwing around that term veteran a little loosely here, as, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as Herbert is, is obviously still a young guy and hasn't really had a shot, uh, much of a shot himself. Uh, of course, David Montgomery was there. Uh, last year, Herbert got got a couple chances at starts when Montgomery missed time. But um, Montgomery moves on, even though they do bring in Deontay Foreman. I think most dynasty players, most fantasy players in general, were looking at this as as Herbert's backfield. He he was going to get the first crack at it, and he probably still gets the first crack at it. But the the competition is piling up here with mm-hmm. Foreman's coming off a, a pair of solid years, taking over for Derrick Henry, then taking over for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and, and then uh, add Roshan Johnson to the mix as well. You know, at, at best, this is a um, probably a, a two man committee. You know, that's probably the best yeah. case for Herbert is that he's one of the guys, uh, but if you tell me that one of these running backs takes over the Chicago backfield, I think it's Roshan Johnson, not Khalil Herbert. Do you? I think Foreman's clearly third. I think the other two are pretty close. I'm a big Herbert believer, but just from a Herbert perspective, you were talking about, you know, 50% of the carries is probably a ceiling. Yeah. I mean, just in a percentage. Yeah. That's not very good. Khalil Herbert. Justin Fields getting 10 carries a game. Yeah, good point. Khalil Herbert is currently the RB34. We'll see how far he falls. Roshan, Roshan Johnson pre-draft was RB42. Uh, I think those two could potentially flip-flop in ADP. We've got a few more dynasty veteran losers to talk about. Um, we will do that right after this. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Everydayers, be sure to check back tomorrow when Kate and Marcus are answering your dynasty questions. Check that out uh, as we wrap up our week on Locked On Dynasty. 
Matt Dawson Knox, veteran loser, the Buffalo Bills draft Dalton Kincaid in the first round. And and Knox has always been just fine, right? He's yeah, been right, fine. Right. He's been okay. Uh, been, a, been a pretty nice red zone target for Josh Allen. But Dalton Kincaid could be special, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I think this – well, I think if you look at Kincaid – as a true big slot receiver and not a TE, which I think is okay. what he'll be, that these two could still spend a lot of time on the field together. You know, I mean, it's not like the, the Bills have a wealth of receivers, wideouts. I think Kincaid's going to be a big slot in, in reality, not really lined up on the line of scrimmage, doing battle with defensive ends in the run game. Okay. So I still think Knox has value, but I also felt like he was, you know, as you said, he was, Fine. And that might even be a little kind after last year, because yeah. I felt like his stock was gradually slipping, slipping anyways, like he wasn't trending the right direction to begin with. So Dalton Kincaid was already being valued ahead of Dawson Knox. Anyway, Kincaid, the tight end 11 in our dynasty ADP pre-draft uh, Dawson Knox was tight end 19. So uh, you make a good point. We're still, we're still likely to see Dawson Knox on the field. Um, you know, quite a bit, but Kincaid's going to be a factor as well. So, yeah, if, I mean, if you're desperate for tight end, if you're in a tight end premium league where uh, maybe there's two points per reception or maybe even uh, you have to start two tight ends every week, mm-hmm. I've been in those before as well, then sure. D- Dawson Knox certainly has some value and would be a nice buy low. Um, like in a typical league, are you cutting Knox? Do you think he's a borderline roster player now? That might be a little uh, harsh. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, But uh, again, he was, he was already not a guy you felt great about starting, right? I mean, he wasn't a Mm -hmm. locked in starter when he had the job to himself. So I'm not cutting him right now, but I could see getting to that point by mid season. If, you know, if Kincaid's fully breaking out and, um, Knox getting three and, targets yeah, a game. Right. Yeah, right. Knox, Knox's targets are dropping or he's blocking more or, or something like that. Matt, any other um any other veteran losers that come to mind? I know there were some lower level guys, maybe, maybe guys we expected to be on this list. I mean, Tyler Algier certainly That's is who a I was veteran. Gonna, we had to talk about, yeah. Yeah, veteran loser, but I think um I think everybody kind of saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he didn't have a ton of, of dynasty value despite a solid rookie season anyway. Um, Real quick on him, though. If, if if Atlanta would have done the exact same draft and drafted a defensive end at eight instead of, you know, Bijan Robinson, I would have Algier at like running back 20. You know, I mean, it, it yeah, could be that's fair. so close to being a great spot for him. Now he's just a guy, you know. I mean, he's he's not a drop either, though. I mean, no, 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 no. And I think they'll and be it, on the field together, too. If I've got Bijan, I I'm gonna try to buy low on Tyler Algier that, that, just to have that to have that uh, security or that insurance plan. Um, Definitely a high level back or a handcuff. Yep, that's fair. Couple of wide receivers who have shown some promise, but uh, probably just got pushed down the uh, down the depth chart after a couple of first round picks. Josh Palmer with the Chargers, yeah, and KJ Osborne with the Vikings. So. The Chargers bring in Quentin Johnston and the Vikings bring in Jordan Addison. Um, 
I believe those were with uh, with back to back picks. Even maybe maybe mm. Zay Flowers. Now nah, I think Zay Flowers was was stuck in between as we had a run of four straight wide receivers. Uh, Palmer and Osborne. Hope for these guys. Are you closing the door. What are you doing with those two? I think just kinda... I like Palmer more than Osborne, just because I don't know that Williams and Allen will be back next year. They're both huge cap hits, and Allen's really expensive. Um, I'm. I, I don't know if either one's cuttable, but they're pretty close. Yeah. Uh, Osborne in line to be the wide receiver three, as he has been the past couple of years, if we assume uh, Addison is the two. But the, that team also now has TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. uh, after they traded for him midseason. So uh, got to factor Hawkinson into the equation. And, and of course, the Chargers, as you mentioned, Allen and Williams. We'll see how much longer they're with the team. Uh, and then uh, Quentin Johnston. Uh, along with Palmer there. Any others, Matt? Last last chance to call out any names here, veteran losers. We mentioned A-Chain is a rookie winner. Mm, yeah. I don't like the guys ahead of him, but I bet they're not going away either. It's not like he's a 210-pound back, but it makes it awful hard and really yucky to be rostering Jeff Wilson and Mostert and yeah. you know it's so crowded and I mean they're, they they look like roster cloggers now. Yeah, they they probably are. Um mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I think you're right. One of those guys, maybe both of those guys will still have a role. I mean, A-Chain is not A-Chain's not going to get 250 touches mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that, but yeah, it's tough to pick between those two guys. I I still like to roster them. I actually did a uh, best ball dynasty startup uh, just uh, over over the weekend. And uh, both of those guys were targets, late round targets in that type of format where you don't have to decide who to start each week. Hmm. Uh, but they, they would be tough to click the button on for sure and yeah. put them in your lineup. Um, one other guy I wanted to ask you about, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. So mm. look, he was he was the second option there in Cleveland behind Amari Cooper, and we could throw David and Joku into the mix as well, based on what we saw last season. And then the Browns trade for Elijah Moore. They draft Cedric Tillman, a player that we both really like. They add him in the third round. Um, Peoples Jones has had a he's had a a tough climb to really get (laughs) respectability in in the dynasty space. It just always kind of written off as just a guy or an average talent or even a roster clogger, you know, whatever language you want to use there. And, and now here comes Tillman and Elijah Moore and is is DPJ an afterthought at this point. He's got to be fourth in the pecking order and certainly dynasty value. I don't dislike him though. I mean, I think he's, probably overcast as a number two NFL receiver. And they realize that by these two additions, but I wonder, I'm I'm not looking at the contract off the top of my head, but when I, when I think Browns, I think about two things with their offense in this off season is I do think as Matthew Barry reported, they're going to throw the ball a lot more and it'll be more spread the ball around than running back centric. But the other thing is Watson's so unbelievably expensive. Could someone like Amari Cooper only have one more year left in a Browns uniform? Mm, that's that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, he's got yeah, a $60 million cap hit next year. Right. They're going to have to figure out some finances soon. Elijah Moore mm-hmm. is cheap. Cedric Tillman is cheap. 
uh, and DPJ is pretty cheap as well, especially when they uh, they're compared to that uh, Amari Cooper contract, paying him, uh, I believe, in the twenty million dollar range. He's still, so yeah, right, that right. is that's something to think about for sure. That is going to do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.